0: You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh.
1: I'm so excited to have you with me tonight. I have an amazing guest, someone whose passion I absolutely adore. He is one of the most prolific writers, I think, that's out there, and one of the individuals that truly can inspire people to rise up out of themselves, out of their stories, and really get involved with what's going on in the planet. What is a mystic? A mystic is a king or a queen of paradox. A mystic knows that death is not death. Life is not life. The body is not the body, and the spirit is not the spirit. The mystic knows that he or she is an eternal being in a dying body and that this is the supreme experience, the experience of transcendence and the experience of immanence, both the experience of the divine emptiness that is creating and the experience of being the creation. And Andrew Harvey is just that. He is a mystic. A founder and director of the Institute of Sacred Activism, an international organization focused on inviting concerned people to take up the challenge of our contemporary global crises by becoming inspired, effective, and practical agents of institutional and systemic change in order to create peace and sustainability sacred activism is a transforming force of compassion in action that is born of fusion of deep spiritual knowledge courage love and passion with wise radical action in the world the large-scale practice of sacred activism can become an essential force for preserving and healing the planet and its inhabitants and andrew harvey is such an amazing passionate spoke person for that And I'm so thrilled about his new book, Radical Passion, Sacred Love and Wisdom in Action. It is absolutely divine to read, just to read his words and feel his passion and his heart come through them. You will feel as if this man is sitting right across from you as you go through this book. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce and welcome Andrew Harvey back to 1111 Talk Radio.
2: Thank you so much. What an absolutely unearned and absolutely wonderful introduction. I really am deeply touched. Thank you very much.
1: Well, I think it is most earned because I think one of the most profound, most beautiful books I've ever written was The Hope. And it touched me in such a powerful way that I had to get on your website and I actually had to come to one of your workshops because I needed to be in the presence of this man that had such passion about the world, that was willing to see the world as it truly was, but also was willing to understand that we are the difference that can be made just by being creation, creating itself. And I think that is the ultimate message, is it not?
2: Yes, I think that as far as I understand it, love is trying to be born in us completely. And that love embraces everything and expresses itself in justice. So a huge crisis like this is the evolutionary challenge to us to absolutely now try as hard as we can to transcend the consciousness that has created this crisis before it destroys us and then embody on every level now, with great calm but great urgency, acts of healing justice and compassion and radical action because we're very close to very dangerous forms of collapse. We've got to see the, the structures now of the new because a great storm is coming and we have to create structures that are strong enough to weather that storm. And those structures can only be found by a marriage of divine wisdom and divine love in the heart expressed through inspired sacred action.
1: So much of what you write really is to well that up from within people and it is true in the, in the past years that people have gone into more denial and more apathy and many people have just become paralyzed in their own lives as to how to move forward or how to create. They've kind of settled into the lives they've had and feel as if there's not much that they can do. But you do proposed that not only do we have hope, as in your book, The Hope, but now in this book, Radical Passion, you're directing us that we're not just supposed to have passion, but this has to be a radical endeavor. Talk a little bit about the difference between that and and just having a passion.
2: Well, the passion that I'm talking about is not emotional, theatrical passion. It's not a passion for hamburgers or vegetarian food or mozart it's a passion that is radical because it lives at the root of the universe radix means root in Latin and that passion is the passion of the love of the divine feminine the love of the entire mother for the entire creation that permeates saturates illuminates everything and it's that fire that is at the root of the human heart and every cell in the human body. And to come into the experience of being the burning of that love fire is to come into the experience of being one with the universe is to come into the experience of wanting to act from that to redeem and transform and help and be of whatever humble use you can be. Because that's where you become alchemically one with love.
1: And you speak about it being a passion that's very grounded in peace and the knowledge of divine identity.
2: Yes, because this passion, as I've said, is not a human passion alone. It has divine grace. It's the passion of the divine itself. So... It's noble and pure, and it's utterly devoted to the creation. It's the essence of the evolutionary love fire of the creation. So you are feeling this sacred passion with the divine in you, and this sacred passion is your guide to the divine in you.
1: So as, as individuals are beloved, walking in this world and, and,
2: everything.
1: and they're experiencing so much of what is crumbling or the chaos or they're seeing things in the world that they don't really feel like they can affect, in fact they're dealing more so with the shadows in their world or the judgments that are around them, what are the steps or, or what is the first place that needs to happen within them to be able to tap into this Divine identity because I think a lot of people talk about it, but integrating it and knowing it is a challenge for many
2: What a absolutely beautiful question. I think There are really three steps I would recommend to people and The first is to simply spend 15 minutes quite soon looking around at the world looking around at what's happening looking around at the very grim prognostications for the future, accepting that we're in this vast crisis and that it's time to get real about the crisis and about the kind of inner work that is necessary now. If you postpone this, it becomes more and more difficult to escape from the empire of denial and you put yourself at enormous risk because not being prepared in some sense for the great storm that's coming is to be totally vulnerable to its chaos. There is a God-given path open to everybody and it's a path of simple silent meditation and simple silent prayer and really acting with conscious compassion and love as far as possible in all the details of your private life and of your work and of your interactions with people as a service to them of love in action Everybody can do these things. And everybody who does these things discovers that they begin to be aware that they are not only living a human story. There is something living that human story that is not totally human, that is unafraid of death that knows that the universe is a huge ocean of divine light that there is nothing here but different manifestations of the one mystery and there is nothing happening but the great alchemy of the mystery to birth the whole new human race that can be known it's not something as wild and strange as it sounds, it's something that you can come to know if only you let go of the pseudo-rational mind and accept that Ramakrishna, Rumi, the Buddha, Jesus, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and all the other great prophetic mystics of humanity that have seen a huge new possibility of truth for human beings. Otherwise, all of them are mad and they're not. Hmm. Am I making sense?
1: You are making sense, and my question is, this, this crisis, this this cataclysm or chaos that is impending, is yes. this something that is still coming? Is it something that we're already living? Or oh, is we it are something that really must it, happen for like us like to birth something new?
2: No, we are in it. This is an apocalyptic situation. You don't have to invent any coming catastrophe, the billions living on unspeakably low incomes, the damage of Nigeria by the oil industries, the grotesque manipulation of politics by the corporate interests, the destruction of the forests that is just racing ahead. I mean, we're in an extremely dangerous apocalyptic situation right now. But the full... The fangs of the situation have not yet sunk into the American neck, because, the, and into the Western neck, because we're still living in a cocoon of privilege, even after the crash of 2008. So I'm afraid that there are many, many different linked difficulties coming to wake the West out of its fantasy.
1: Andrew Harvey speaks of a divine and sacred passion, a very focused love energy that is grounded in peace and knowledge of divine identity, increasingly purified of the shadow and demonizing judgment, and directed like a laser to the radical and urgent transformation of both our inner version of awakening and our outer practice of political and economical reality. As Rumi expresses, passion burns down every branch of exhaustion. Passion is the supreme elixir and renews all hope. Run far away, my friends, from all false solutions. Let divine passion triumph and rebirth you in yourself. This is from Andrew Harvey's latest book, Radical Passion, Sacred Love and Wisdom in Action. It is... An amazing book, and you will just love reading through the many passages and interviews that are in this book. The words of Andrew Harvey come across so passionately and so lovingly, but in a way that will help you rise up out of yourself to want to be involved in sacred action. You can find out more more at andrewharvey.net. In addition to some upcoming events that are taking place, such as March 8th through 10th, the Cosmic Christ and the New Humanity in Oakland, California, March 13th through 17th, the International Academy of Sacred Leadership in Charlotte, North Carolina, and March 24th through 28th, the Joy of Heart Yoga in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Definitely take a look at those events, particularly the Cosmic Christ and the New Humanity. It is to be an amazing event. Again, that's andrewharvey.net, and the book is Radical Passion, Sacred Love and Wisdom in Action. We'll be right back with Andrew Harvey, author of The Hope, co-author of Heart Yoga, and author of Radical Passion.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living. 1111 magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Welcome back. And before we
1: get back with our guest, Andrew Harvey, I do want to mention that the latest issue of 1111 Magazine is out. It is entitled Being Golden, and it has some powerful articles in there. I want you to enjoy it and embrace it. You can go to wwwsimran sing.com or 1111mag.com and sign up for your free subscription. It has got some powerful work in it and will really inspire you and enthrall you as you read through its pages. My guest today is Andrew Harvey, and he is the author of The Hope, co-author of Heart Yoga, and now his latest release is Radical Passion, Sacred Love, and Wisdom in Action. You can connect to him and find out more about different events and things going on at andrewharvey.net. But as we dive deeply into radical passion, I want you to understand that this is an immense fuge in which central themes of the divine feminine, mystical empowerment, the dark night, and the birth of divine humanity in and through an inner revolution expressed in sacred action return again and again in different configurations and intensities to be concentrated in the call to transformative service. The Power of Love. It's divided into seven chapters, and you move through the heart of love, the language of love, the body of love, the light of love, the shadow of love, and the suffering of love, ultimately to understand the power of love. It is truly a wonderful compilation of so many of Andrew Harvey's beautiful words and teachings, and I urge you to pick up your copy and allow your heart and your spirit and your soul and your sense of humanity to be awakened through its pages. Oh, Andrew, there is a reason that you. Thank
2: you so much. That's, please let me just symbolically bow to your feet and thank you because that was such a beautiful and really heartfelt introduction. I'm so grateful for it. Thank you. And it makes me very happy that you've received it like that. Thank
1: you. Oh. Absolutely, and I think that that's where we need to be touched now is the heart. And oftentimes there are certain people that can do that for an individual, and it is because their own heart is so open and so passionate about things. And I think that what you're speaking and the way you've labeled these chapters as the many configurations of love in itself was profound. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about that because people don't think about the shadow of love or the suffering of love and and yet we all want the power of love. What is the, the purpose and the reason for these delineations as you move through Radical Passion?
2: That is a very beautiful question, my goodness. Thank you. Fundamentally, the seven categories represent the great work that I think we're all called to in this time, the work of not going out into the light, but of bringing through the grace of the light, the light down into our minds, into our hearts, into cells of our bodies, so that it can transform us into another kind of human being, a human divine being. And the testimony of the great mystical traditions who have had a secret tradition of this potential evolution of a new kind of human being is that this new divine human being will live from the awakened intelligence of the heart incarnated in the body. So that birthing process of a new species, a new kind of being that has been heralded by the secret traditions throughout history is now upon us. We are in it. And the awakened adoring, passionate, tender, peaceful, divine heart is the key to the experience of God as both impersonal law and infinitely personal love, a love that created the entire universe out of this passionate compassion but also every single being intimately and particularly out of its own substance so as to delight both in its total oneness with that being, but also in the delicious utter diversity of all the beings that came forth from herself. Mm -hmm. And what is awaiting for those who choose the way of the heart? has been shown to us in these last tragic and amazing decades by the resurgence of the passion, and I think it is a passion, for Rumi's poetry that is breaking out like wildfire all over the world in all kinds of different ways. And what Rumi's message to the world is, is that God is not only a, judge and an absentee landlord, God is a lover and the beloved of the soul, and that this God that creates all the universes is also our father, our mother, our lover, our friend, our brother, all the different sacred relationships, our sister, our animal, all the different sexual relationships in one overwhelming explosion of protection and support and guidance and love and mystical understanding we have so much now on the earth and in human beings realizations on the earth of this new force of love entering and what I've done in my book is to try and bring together the different aspects of this transformation which begins with a turning to the mother, to the birthing force of the universe, to really identifying in humility and gratitude and rapture and unknowing with the mystery of that force so that it can take you forward into both very profound suffering and very profound ecstasy and help you marry the two so that you can become, through her grace, one beating heart, beating to her heart. And when that happens, you will know two things. And you won't know it mentally. You'll know it with your heart, with your illumined mind, and with the very cells of your body. You'll know. That the creation and every single being and every single stone and every single blade of grass is utterly holy and utterly sacred because it is all a manifestation of her divine light, a crystallized energetic form which we call matter that is a manifestation of her light. Everything is holy, interconnected, sacred beyond imagining, holy and totally ordinary, holy and wholly ordinary. That you'll know, and that will help you begin the journey to realize your union with that force in the greatest gift of all that God gives us, which is the original blessing of divine consciousness, which millions of beings all over the world in all of the different traditions have realized in amazing ways that coincide in their description so exquisitely that they can only be reporting one experience from different angles.
1: Mm, it, is, it is true that our, our history has been one in which we have fallen, followed and fallen victim to the fear driven and frenzied patriarchy, which really has degraded and destroyed this world in the orgy of greed and violence that we've become. Yes, so there is. The this...
2: negation of the heart.
1: But and when that the heart... is the celebration of the mother, why it's so imperative.
2: Well, without the. The universe itself is a marriage of the masculine and feminine emanating from the one. The whole thing is created by this dance of opposites. So without coming into a knowledge of that, of how those two great forces, which you could call the masculine force and the feminine force, work to create the universe in the one, you simply can't achieve true union of heart, mind, soul, and body in yourself. You simply cannot find the union between inner... Radiance and outer action for justice that will provide a force that is sacred and empowered by God enough to do the great work of the great healing of the planet that needs to begin very soon because time is running out and we're in very great danger.
1: So when we're talking about this marriage of opposites, we're talking about really embracing both, so that we allow both of those to be more balanced in our experience and and we allow action to be equivalent to heart? Or are we needing to go a little more to the extreme of the Divine Mother and the Sacred Feminine in order to balance out all that we have done in the past?
2: I think we have to absolutely go to the deepest and furthest, rather, I wouldn't use the word extreme, but the most grand, all-inclusive vision of the Mother that we can possibly get. I think we need to combine three essential streams of vision of the Mother. We need to combine all the great mystical revelations of her and all the great mystical traditions that we know of. We need to combine those with the great tantric revelation that has come through different streams in secret Christian mysticism, um, ballistic mysticism, (laughs) Mahayana, sorry, and Hindu Shaivite mysticism, we need to have those aspects of her because those great joys that are contained in our passion for the world, our passion for each other, for our friends, for the qualities of the manifestation of the mother in ecstasy and joy and rapture and beauty in the creation, those energies are very, very important for us at this moment. And the other aspect of her that I think is crucial for our transformation and our survival is the way in which she is known by the indigenous traditions as this great interdependent web of interconnected relationships, which are utterly embodied and utterly real, and which give you, when you begin to begin to be taken further by great shamanic teachers, including great shamanic animal teachers like the animal lions, an utterly grounded but utterly ecstatic vision of how this whole creation, down to the most minute details and occurrences and happenings, are also her unfolding, and that the key is a wholly different relationship with the creation of adoration and reverence and hunger to be taught its secrets by its genius itself, and by the animals that are longing to help us get into a completely more embodied divine consciousness to realize that. And if you join the transcendent wisdom of the mother as the love force creating the universe with this tantric revelation of the mother bliss, the bliss of passionate compassion being found in the depths of ordinary life in consecrated sexuality in the depths of divine human friendship, in the depths of the great artistic explosions of Bach and Beethoven and Rumi and the great artists, this enormous secret seething revelation of divine beauty that's everywhere in great cultures of all kinds and great arts of all kinds and sacred arts, but most especially, of course, in the great mystical poets and composers who do give us this extraordinary sense of how, if only we loved the world enough, everything that we did in the world, from making love to stroking a cat to handing a friend a meal, would become an expression of this passionate, compassionate love that is embodied, that is human and divine at the same time. And we need the indigenous revelation absolutely, because it grounds that embodiment even deeper in the actual black soil of reality in her black madonna carly soil of real relationship with real animals in a real world with real responsibilities and real dangers utterly knowing that all those aspects of reality are interconnected in a vast knowledge of mystery
1: my guest today is Andrew Harvey, author of Radical Passion, Sacred Love, and Wisdom in Action. Two years ago, while in South Africa, his gallbladder expo- exploded, and he came within an hour or two of dying. At the same time, a king of the white lions, an African shaman by the name of Manla, was also attacked uh, by, by these lions with an encounter. They ended up meeting at the fence and gazed at each other for just a few minutes, and then in that moment, Mandla let out a gentle roar that penetrated Andrew Harvey beyond words or concepts, beyond mind, heart, and soul, beyond every cell of his body. And what he heard through that gentle roar was, "'Abandon all fear and self-pity. Do not worry about the wounds or sufferings of the past or about what is to come.'" Claim your inner divine royalty and live out to the end your sacred purpose, whatever happens. Be fierce, tender, humble, and majestic. Give everything, as I am giving everything for the transformation of the world. My guest, Andrew Harvey, author of The Hope, co-author of Heart Yoga, and now author of Radical Passion, Sacred Love and Wisdom in Action. You can find out more about him at andrewharvey.net. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen Eleven Eleven? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? Visionary. This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh.
1: Only a global, grassroots, sacredly inspired movement of love and action can possibly be of any use now. Such a movement will not be able to prevent the coming collapse of the industrial civilization, but it will accomplish two related crucial tasks. First, it will mobilize, educate, and refine the special forces needed for the evolutionary leap that humanity must take in order to survive. Second, only such a group of dedicated, fearless, sacred activists, human beings who fuse together the deepest stamina and wisdom with radical action can begin to create the social and spiritual structures that can survive the storms of destruction, which are now both necessary and inevitable. This is from the book Radical Passion, Sacred Love and Wisdom in Action by Andrew Harvey. He is the author of The Hope and co-author of Heart Yoga, and you can find out more about him at andrewharvey.net. Andrew, I'd like to go back to what you were talking about in the last segment, and I feel like there are two points that need to be brought forward and one has to do with attachment, and the other one has to do with detachment. Yes. I think there is attachment in in terms of we must look into the shadow work yes. that has to be done, and yes. then the detachment we'll go into after that. First, speak to the shadow work.
2: Well, I think you said something very profound, because just as the universe is a marriage of the masculine and feminine and all of the opposite, so authentic awakening is a marriage, I think, as far as I'm capable of talking about it, a marriage of the transcendent deathless consciousness that knows itself one with the divine and so knows itself never to having been born and never to be subject to death, with the consciousness of the love that emanates from that consciousness. That is the love of the mother, the love of that divine peace, that divine silence for its own self-creation, the whole cosmos. And that love will have to take you into the depths of the pit, of the hell of the world, of the absolutely terrifying nastiness of certain forms of human cruelty and human sexual abuse and human corruption and human greed and human capacity for perverse, nihilistic horror. We've lived through it in the last 150 years in an operatic explosion of genocide and world wars and nuclear explosions and environmental degradation and progressive degradation of our culture and of our soul by a culture consumed by consumerist madness and prepared to destroy the environment to keep its own fiction of a now-bankrupt dream alive. So it is so important to prepare for what is inevitable now because none of the signals have been listened to. And the way you can prepare is to face that external situation and then, unfortunately, and this is the difficult part, face the fact that you and I play a deep, part in keeping that system together because we have been trained to collude with it in all kinds of ways, and we collude with it through our shadows because our shadows are the place where the ferocious destructive forces that are also part of the one and part of the alchemy of the one can come in, take us over, and make us agents of real destruction. And you can be an agent of destruction, of course, by being a a criminal, an obvious criminal on a corporate level or on a personal level. And in any kind of politics or art, there are all kinds of criminal types floating around doing terrible things to each other and to everyone else by hunger for power. But until you realize that you are that criminal person and that you're all the different forms of greed and lust and craziness and madness around you, you're never going to either achieve oneness with reality because you can't exclude the broken, shattered, violent, horrible parts of reality as something you don't want to deal with and then claim to be one with reality. Reality is as it is, and it includes all of those things, and you have to find the courage and the truth and this humility to confess your own absolute, communion with both the highest kinds of possibility and the most terrifying kinds of possibility.
1: Because so, Andrew, I, I want to clarify just to make sure that that listeners are hearing accurately. It, it seems as if what you're saying is all of this stuff that is happening collectively outside in our world as bad as it is, we can't truly shift anything unless we're willing to dive deep into our own shadow work, which really okay. is the mirror of what's going on out there. If we are That's seeing it. this you violence, this genocide, all of these things, it must be existing within each one of us in some way, shape, or form.
2: Yes, because the crisis wouldn't be this terrible if we weren't all in some ways totally blind to it and not doing enough and not reacting to enough from a true sacred sense. It wouldn't be as bad as this. If we weren't all, in some ways, deeply responsible for the situation, we are all one with the situation. What does oneness mean? If that, so what the situation reveals is how much work we need to do on ourselves in shadow work. But I would love to say that I don't believe that you should do shadow work without connecting to your divine self, because the depth of the shadow work required for the real transformation is so devastating to the ego that you won't be able to survive it if you really don't have a deep and calm understanding that you are not the ego, that the ego is a part of you and needs to be revealed totally to itself, shamed out of its existence, and then reappear as a loving, humble focus of the activities of itself. That's the amazing gift that the divine is giving us, but that that requires really facing just how damaging that false self now is, how much we are paralyzed by our narcissism, by our hunger for a comfortable lifestyle, by desire for status, by our endless self-absorption in the woundology of our past, by our projection of our own deepest qualities onto others in our golden shadow. All of these shadows that we indulge in in this particular moment when everything is demanded of us, we cannot rest in that slavery to complex, decadent, ironic, terrified forms of escapism from the one thing that we should be thinking about and taking seriously, which is that we are facing potential extinction, not just of ourselves, which would be terrible enough, but through our actions of whole, vast stretches of a divine and sacred creation. We cannot afford not to understand both the shadows of the powers that be, the shadows of the corporations, of the religions, of all of the systems that the patriarchy operates through. And we must now be aware that this is a time when the mask is being torn off the face of patriarchal power. Ratzinger has resigned. The Vatican was struck twice by lightning, which one of God's very best jokes in a long time, Mm. and a process is beginning by which it will be made clear to the whole world that the Vatican at the highest levels covered up the pedophiliac scandal and allowed the torture of children and tried to silence all possible advocates of the truth. And this is, of course, something that's going on in all the corporate forms of power and being revealed. We've got to see that shadow of the world crisis and we've got to acknowledge our own responsibility for keeping it going otherwise all our talk about love and oneness and all the rest of it is so much cheering oneself up while serial killers are roaming the house killing everybody in it.
1: So I get that our attachment has to be there to the shadow work that must be done because yeah. unconsciously we're attached to it anyway. That is what we are creating.
2: But it's I would like to talk too, about because
1: detachment because it seems like too much focus on what is going on in the outside world or too much focus on an outcome that we want would actually keep what is existing in place. So what is the role of detachment in this whole process?
2: What a lovely question of detachment. That's yes. what you're asking. Yes. Well, I think that is absolutely the key and the foundation because if you don't surrender really and as completely as you can to the intelligence of a mystery of divine love and wisdom that you will never understand, if you don't find yourself at that place where you are kneeling before a mystery at once, far more beautiful and far more terrible than anything you could ever have imagined and far more holy than anything that you could ever express. If you're not at that place, you're really not in front of the reality of this great force of love and wisdom and presence and unbelievable intelligence that his God is. You just are not in the place where you're beginning to receive the real amazing instruction which is so humbling to the human ego because when you are there by the grace of god and you only ever get there by the grace of god because you cannot no human being has ever gotten there except by the grace of the beloved himself herself we're all so lost and so endangered by our egos and by our minds That's why the shadow work is so important because what's trying to be born is a sacred force which requires purified vessels. And vessels can only be purified paradoxically in the great alchemy by being broken, by being shattered. You can only really understand this situation when you have let the heartbreak of the world and the heartbreak of your life and the heartbreak of being in a dying body, the heartbreak of the damaged, damaged environment and the crucified animals and the horror of the seas being so polluted that 95% of the fishes are now vanished and beyond recall and 200 species vanishing every day. You have to allow that heartbreak in so that you can truly, truly let the situation as it is through that initiation into heartbreak, take you to another level of awareness, because if you allow yourself to feel that, you'll also be come away, awake slowly to something that's holding that heartbreak, something that's keeping it up, something that's sustaining it, something that's able to endure it without dying. And that's something, if you work on detachment, will reveal itself as profound gnosis of the laws of the universe as far as they can be understood by any intelligence through the grace of God. And that intelligence will always be limited, but it will be enough to have you on your knees before the mystery of a peaceful, omniscient, Loving mind that works through extreme opposites to create unimaginable beauties of sacred evolution that will bring you to your knees like Job before the revealed majesty of the divine because of the splendor of the design and because of the extraordinary holiness of the love them into
1: action Rumi writes love comes with a knife not with some shy question not with fears for its reputation love is a mad woman roaming the mountains tearing off her clothes drinking poison and then quietly choosing annihilation you have been skirting the ocean's edge hoisting up your robes to keep them dry you must dive deeper a thousand times deeper Andrew Harvey writes, in preparation for the birth of the divine, the entire human race is now going through a global dark night which will result in a new humanity that has been humbled and chastened by tragedy so that it may open completely to the mystery of divine grace. This dark night cannot be bargained with, explained away, leapt over, or mitigated. It is the destined crucifixion of a communal human ego now clearly revealed to be suicidal and matricidal, dangerous to itself and to the whole of creation. No one and nothing will stop Kali dancing, her terrible dance of destruction and recreation. There will be no resurrection of an embodied divine humanity without a systemic, perfectly organized, brutally complete crucifixion of everything in us that keeps us addicted to the systems of illusion that are now rapidly destroying everything. This is from the book Radical Passion, Sacred Love and Wisdom in Action by mystic Andrew Harvey. I welcome you to visit his website, andrewharvey.net, and also look up some of the events that he has taking place. Uh, the first one coming up is March 8th through 10th, Cosmic Christ and the New Humanity in Oakland, California. Again, that's andrewharvey.net, and we will be right back for more of his wonderful wisdom.
0: The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen Eleven Eleven? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. magcom Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: I would like to invite you to connect with all of my offerings. 1111 Magazine is now back out again, and it is as beautiful as ever, so definitely go to Simran-Singh.com or 1111mag.com and get signed up for your subscription, your free subscription, and also connect with some of the other amazing things that I have going on. My guest today is Andrew Harvey, and he is the author of The Hope, co-author of Heart Yoga, and now Radical Passion, Sacred Love, and Wisdom in Action, and we've had an amazing conversation today. His website is andrewharvey.net, and he has a number of events that are taking place in the near future, so definitely connect there and look up uh, something that you would like to attend. Kabir states, more than all else do I cherish at heart that love that makes one to live a limitless life in this world. To live this limitless life is why we are here, and this limitless life is the child of the marriage that Andrew Harvey describes. Andrew, I want to talk about transcendence in this last segment. We have just a few minutes left, yes. and I love what you say about transcendence. You talk about us having a double birth and that we are not meant to go off into transcendence, but we're actually meant to bring it down. And I think that there's a lot of misconception about becoming transcended or being conscious and I think that people either use it as a buzzword or they use it as a distraction from what really needs to be taking place. Talk a little bit about that.
2: I think that many of the patriarchal systems, if not all of them, were invented out of a secret terror of the fertile chaos of the dark feminine so that they stressed going off into the light rather than dealing with tenderness, compassion, and wisdom instructed by the goddess, the mother herself, with the rhythms of the creation. So creation was devalued, relationships were devalued, sexuality was devalued, the body was devalued. And this created a subtle schizophrenia in the great patriarchal mystical traditions of the last 2,500 years, and is now abetting and aiding the other dissociation of our culture, which is the dissociation of the scientific fundamentalism that really believes that scientific criteria are the only ways in which you can scrutinize a mystery whose intelligence would make all possible sciences of any kind complete straw in the burning house. So we're in a very, very difficult position. But it's very important to understand that the true realization of the marriage is coming through in many, many different ways. We see all kinds of wonderful new movements beginning to really help people bring the divine down into their minds and hearts and bodies and start realizing the whole purpose of human incarnation, of the whole destiny of this wonderful evolving crucible we call Earth to birth on its face. On its face, a race that would be surrendered to its beauty and rhythms and able to co-create with it and the transcendent force that created it a wholly new way of being and doing everything.
1: I know that there's a couple of lines that I underlined that I thought were so beautifully written, and it is that the addiction to transcendence keeps everybody in a coma, tells you your emotions are too much, your desires are absurd and obscene, your passions for justice are naive. Mm. And you also write that we must uh, dispel the myth that the body holds one back from spiritual life. And oh, you spoke oh. about embodiment earlier in the show, and i really like to talk about that whole aspect of embodiment because we were given a physical body for a reason.
2: Well, the reason is absolutely amazing when you begin to begin to glimpse it. The reason is contained in the amazing words of the Buddha, which express it better than anything, Emptiness is form, and form is emptiness. The reason is that the universe is a paradoxical marriage of the light mind, heart, bliss, intelligence, with everything emanated from it in this huge alchemical dance of opposites, which means that everything is already not too with that originating force. We're already living in it, as it, as it evolving in itself. And that is a huge realization and immensely humbling one because you can only begin to grasp it when you are lost in amazement at the unfolding of the universe through revelation through grace. You can't do it from the arrogant mind because the mind has to, in many, many ways, die before it can see such a wonder because... It would either try to believe it understood it or try to believe it could analyze it. It's not analyzable, but it is experienceable, and there are many, many ways we are given to understand it that are tremendously helpful in relationship to it, but we can never imagine for one moment that we'll ever begin to exhaust the miracles that are possible through it and from it and by it, and that we are it, being taken forward into it and expressing it and evolving it together.
1: This addiction to transcendence must be balanced with a radical emphasis on the sacred feminine, the sacredness of the body, the holiness of consecrated tantric sexuality, and sacredly inspired action. Andrew Harvey believes that we will see the birth of the universal embodied evolutionary mysticism that will marry the transcendent and the imminent aspects of God, and so give the whole of humanity direct access to a new level of sacred passion for nature, life, the world, and justice for all sentient beings. This is from the book Radical Passion, Sacred Love and Wisdom in Action, and it is from the mystic Andrew Harvey. You can connect with him at andrewharvey.net. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you, to Andrew, for being on the show. I love your work, and I love your passion, and I look forward to having you back again and again. Um, but thank you for touching my life with your beautiful writings.
2: And thank you for your immense generosity and shaping and guiding this loving conversation between us so skillfully and so sweetly thank you thank you
1: absolutely next week join me here again and my guest will be ina siegel and we will be speaking about the body the energy and how we are have the ability to heal ourselves so definitely join me and we'll have another wonderful conversation until then i'm simran singh be well
0: thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice